and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Steph Fairburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. This episode, I'm joined by Tom Shields. Tom is the Technical Director, Boys ECNL Director and USL2 Head Coach at STA Soccer in New Jersey. Tom was formerly coach of Hull City Ladies and the University of Hull in his native England. He was also an assistant and NCAA Division I title winning coach at Central Connecticut State University and director of player performance and pedagogy at Rutgers University. He holds a master's degree in sports psychology. When Soccer Coach Weekly was at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, we caught up with Tom. He spoke about his progressive, holistic, player-centered coaching approach. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steph. Happy to be here. (laughs) How is your convention going so far? Wonderfully. It's my favourite week of the year for lots of reasons. Um, One of which is obviously catching up with so many people across the football world. Um, And that's absolutely what the first three days have been. And I'm sure the next two will be. So I am tired, but very happy. And I wouldn't swap it for the world. Do you think it's important for coaching that we have events like this and opportunities to get together and learn from each other? So important. I speak a lot about the importance of relationships and network. Um, I think the convention or events like convention are absolutely critical for professional growth, for personal growth, and for reinforcing the importance of the people that we get to share our lives and passions with. Um, And I think everybody, or certainly I, I leave this place, yes, tired and exhausted, but also invigorated and refreshed and, you know, re-energized by, you know, the touch points with your best friends, you know, people that you only get to see on fleeting occasions throughout the year, um, or re-energized by ideas that are shared, you know, through the, the clinicians and presenters and, Personally speaking, I'd, I'd do this 12 times a year. Um, but no, I, I think it's, look, I, I think it's, it's absolutely critical and um, deeply appreciate being back in person, obviously, fully back in person. I think last year was, you know, a little reserved, um, but being fully back and, and obviously, you know, one of the, the primary convention cities in, in Philadelphia, it's, it's been wonderful. Give us then, in 60 seconds, who Tom Shields is oh, and a bit about your coaching seconds. background. Yeah, if, that's if that's going to be really hard, Steph. I'm not very good with things like that. Um, I am from the northeast of England. I obviously grew up with a tremendous passion for the game. Um, wanted to find a way to stay involved when the realisation of, of playing for a living was, um, was not going to be met. So I went down the route of of coaching and education and finding a way to to give back and, and to help um, you know to help people uh, and then I stumbled upon America and 12 years later I'm still here and that's me I think that was 30 I think that was 30 I think I missed a quite a few little bits out but we'll uh, we'll take it I was on the clock I'm sure we'll get into them so how do you define coaching what is coaching to you oh my word I said this earlier, I was like, it's 9am and I'm being given some very deep, provoking questions. We're now at 11am and that's equally as hard. Um, I think, look, I, I do what I do because I love to help. 
And I think the power of coaching is is often that you can take people places that, you know, hopefully with without you they might not have been able to to get to um, in some way, shape or form. Whether that's you know the support that you provide, the education that you provide, the platform that you provide. Um, and I really like unlocking potential, and I really like going on that journey with with individuals in my role, both as players and as coaches. Our mission statement is to maximize potential. And I think that to me summarizes my approach to, to coaching. I want to help people become the best possible versions of themselves, irrespective of whether actually it is within football or within life. So with STA, I looked at bio oh dear okay let me just pull a few words you've been instrumental in the design and development of progressive holistic and player-centered educational initiatives that sounds fancy doesn't it tell us what progressive holistic and player-centered is yeah so listen I, i think progressive is modern proactive new innovative approaches that are uh, you know blending into holistic that are considering the whole person Um, it's a move towards understanding the complexities of our profession. It's a move towards professionalizing our profession. And it's a move towards ultimately increasing the level of education and experience that our youth players are exposed to. You know, I struggle with the traditional and non-traditional approaches to coaching. I think that, that, that masks over sometimes good and bad. It's not saying that 20 years ago, 50 years ago, people were doing things badly. And I think sometimes that's a connotation that can exist. But I do think it's it's now at a place where the depth and detail that, that people go into, the considerations that they have because of the accessibility to, to different levels of education um, means that maybe it's, for the majority, it's maybe more complex and, and thoughtful and considerate than than it was once upon a time. Um, again, not, not downplaying the quality practitioners that have existed forever, But I do think on a on a macro scale, you know, the, the types of conversations that you can have with people around the, the more modern approaches um, are in a different place to, to what existed when maybe even when I first started on, on my journey. Um, so I think that that consideration, especially now of the complexities that our young people are experiencing, um, obviously post-pandemic, obviously with the world of social media, we'd been we'd be naive to to not be considerate of the life that they lead being very different to the ones that you and I grew up with um even a you know a generation ago so we've tried to to adopt you know very much more games based and co- uh, player centered coaching you know coaching that's considerate of being multi-layered and Um, and appreciating the impact that your behaviors can have on, you know, motivational development of players, personal development of players, you know, how how training activities connect to the game that we want to play and how your coaching within them has to connect to the types of players and people you want to develop. So the the progressive piece for me just, just dives deeper into the job that we do and the, um, the work that we perform and, and ultimately the education that we want to provide to, to the players. What would an ideal STA session look like, building all of that in? Like, how do you do that in practice? Yeah, so multiple layers to this for us. Our training approach is one that is, you know, 
fundamentally underpinned by ecological dynamics and you know we're we're very much in the the games based and, and kind of constraints led a, approach to coaching and, and and practice development design and development um i also you know i'm not somebody that believes in sitting all the way over here and or all the way over here like i i like to to integrate ideas and find things that work for us um but things fundamentally that are underpinned by rational theory and diving deeper into how people learn and acquire skills so heavily through games we have a four stage approach so we have an activation phase that can be considerate depending on on age of of the players of you know physical development movement literacy games um some you know more technically oriented activities um but things to really initiate you know engagement um we then move into a modified play stage so everything there is is within you know a rondo or a, a small sided game or an activity that's obviously inclusive of decision making uh, opposition pressure direction goals and scoring systems in some way shape or form we coach a lot through principles and counter principles so even if it's a a rondo and the the attacking team have a target well equally the defending team have a target and that's not just to steal the ball it might be to connect to our our game model so in transition maybe it's is playing forward so there might be a a target to pass through or a a side to dribble out of um but we're really trying to keep accountability of all individuals and and touching upon their responsibilities in each moment of the game connected to our game model move into um a gameplay phase where the numbers will increase and it and it looks as close to the you know the real game as as possible but but within you know while having constraints sprinkled in um so again whatever topic is being delivered needs to be central to to obviously the the rules that are put on the, the session or the challenges asked of the players um again with with principles and counter principles we we don't want to we don't only work on one side of the ball um and then we move kind of from there into a true gameplay where the the coaching is maybe reduced and the the constraints challenges conditions are are lifted and the the players are challenged to apply whatever content and and information they've received in the the earlier parts of the session into it so that's kind of our typically a, a four stage cycle um but then in terms of what else do I want to see well competition collaboration intensity intelligence fun the challenges that we we have of our players and and for people listening fun isn't rah rah jumping around like playing goofy you know i i believe that fun in the talent development pathway is is learning is challenge um is feeling like i've got better today feeling like that i've been pushed today feeling like ultimately the time that i'm investing in being here has been has been worth it um i have a in my skip over the rest of my life i i left out that i have a masters degree in in sports psychology with obviously major emphasis on on coaching and the, the practical application of coach behaviors and their influence on on player motivation and and um broader psychosocial development so for me collaboration links to self-determination theory and, and intrinsic motivation of players so while we're playing games i i want our staff to give our players the opportunity to to work together to problem solve together to come up with solutions together if we want innovative independent thinkers 
critical thinkers, problem solvers as, as types of the characteristics that we're looking to develop in our kids, we have to expose them to opportunities to do that in training. So that's that's there. However they choose to do it is on them, but I want to, to see groups of people working together and intentionally doing so. Um, competition, I believe, is inherent in everything, right? Otherwise, what are we training for? Like, actions and consequences matter, so keeping score can drive challenge and, and intensity levels. Um, I want you know, I want people working towards outcomes and, and um, intensity, obviously, I, I think is is driven as a result of that. Um, and the intelligence piece obviously means that we're exposing them to environments where they're asked to think and make decisions. And, you know, the level of representation of, of task design equals what they, they deal with on a game. So, you know, our job is to as efficiently and as effectively as possible to prepare them for the challenges that they face and do so within the, the style that, that we hope that, that they can play the game within. Um, so fundamentally for me, practice, every practice has to, has to be a demonstration of that. Um, and that's what I would like to see whenever I walk around my fields. How important is it then? And I'm thinking, I suppose I'm thinking about clubs back in the UK. Maybe you've got a few teams, you've got a few volunteer coaches. Yeah. Bring them in. How important is it for that lead coach or chair of the club or whatever to say, look, this is our style, this is how we want you to behave, these are kind yeah. of the parameters to operate within to give them something to go on? Yeah, look, I, uh, Steph, I think it's critical. Um, I presented yesterday here on the importance of having a club ecosystem, which is really a discussion of how all the component parts of the organisation work together in synergy. So, you know, I have my idea of how our teams want to play. Naturally then... The way that we train, the way that we coach, and the qualities of the players that I'm looking to develop have to align with that. Otherwise, there's a huge disconnect, and maybe sometimes things are being left to chance. And I appreciate that, you know, there are lots of lots of barriers in place towards achieving that. I, I sit here and, and I have a team of, of almost 50 full-time staff. Um, obviously, it's my full-time job, and I appreciate that you know in some grassroots organizations that's absolutely not the case but if there is a technical lead or you know somebody in an organization that's responsible for philosophically providing guiding principles or an ideology of this is what we want our our club and, and teams to represent then providing a framework for coaches to understand what that means to them on a on a daily basis i think matters um Again, I, I appreciate that the the bandwidth for, for support in that capacity is changes. Um, but ultimately, we, we want people to understand what they're working towards. And we want people to feel, you know, importantly for me is is that, that clubs are exactly that. They're a club. They're not, a, you know, a collection of individual teams that are influenced by unique individual coaches that are, hey, it's going to be Steph FC and Tom FC, but we're actually at, you know, Soccer Coach Weekly FC. That doesn't work, right? That that doesn't work because ultimately the, the values, the mission, the, the philosophical principles that I hope to represent my organization have to be embodied by everybody within it in order for us to be one cohesive, you know, ecosystem. Um, so my challenge to everybody, I guess, is to understand that that's a process and it's not easy, but, but working towards it, I believe, allows us to fulfill our inherent obligations to the players that we work with, which is to provide the best 
educational experience that that we can so that they fall in love with the game and they stay in love with the game for as long as possible um i have a a pick your difficult idea so it's difficult to do that it's difficult to invest the time that's necessary in building frameworks and philosophies and curriculum and supporting coaches and providing resources it is difficult there is absolutely no escaping that it's also difficult to be responsible for dozens hundreds thousands of young people and young lives where perhaps we're not giving them absolutely everything that they deserve so i have to choose which difficult i want that's tough i know where my difficult is but that's why i value everything that we just discussed as highly as i do do you think as well because you were talking at the start about conversation go on and i was just thinking about you could spend i mean this convention is an example how long could you spend thinking about one one hour session these days all of the resources all of the conversations oh, we could have yeah just uh, you go into like almost decision paralysis sometimes so i suppose is it important that particularly for new coaches we give them some guidance around you know things that might be useful you know things that might a hundred percent a hundred percent um look i believe and it's interesting you speak about planning like i actually believe planning is one of the most if not the most critical component of effective coaching and um and training sessions being delivered um and would add uh, you know would advocate for for everybody to be very intentional and deliberate with it but absolutely not to a point where you are you know analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis um i think depending on the load of time that that or the volume of teams or the volume of sessions obviously it, it's it becomes difficult to invest perhaps as much as you could if you just had one team one night maybe something like that um but in terms of yeah club club leads um or technical guidelines i think you know often less is more um i think with the greatest respect to um less experienced coaches a lot of what they're trying to do in practice sessions is sometimes demonstrate how much they know um when in fact their quality and credibility could be could be demonstrated by how well the topic comes out and how much opportunity the players have to actually demonstrate the area of the game that they're they're working on as opposed to being told about it um and that's where you know simplifying you know volume of coaching points simplifying hey here are a couple of things that I'm looking to get out I talk about anticipating errors a lot stuff like I should know how the constraints and challenges or or design structure of a practice is going to likely lead to players having struggles that they have to overcome so therefore if I scaffold my coaching points they should connect with what that anticipated struggle looks like and it doesn't have to be that i solve every problem in one go but i know that hey if we're talking about breaking lines playing forward as an example if if you know if playing forward is the is one of the primary objectives that i have you know and we're in a in a game situation it it might simply be that you know the first coaching point after a couple of minutes is is simply to have all the players you know scanning so scanning is not just looking around i hear oh scan check your shoulder well, what am i looking for 
So opponent, teammate, ball, space, goals. Okay, we're a little bit, think about that, off we go again. You know, then it's about, you know, the, the direction of my first touch to prepare me to move, you know, to, to play the next pass. Then it's about, you know, the type of pass that I'm playing and the ability to break lines. Then it's about support ahead of the ball from teammates and, you know, and I scaffold in those little layers where it's not four things in one go. Off you go, go try it. It's, we've got a period of time that's allocated. Here's the objective and here's how we're going to simply work towards it. And then it's about holding on to that information and building upon it. Um, and I think sometimes simple in context, the beauty of that is often lost. And I would challenge everybody to, you know, to be thinking about, like I said earlier, how representative is the practice that I've designed relative to the challenge that they face in a game? And how can I help players simply on their journey towards being better within that? Tell us then, because you mentioned, you know, you have staff, you have a lot of coaches working under you. What are some of the common challenges you see them face, whether it be spoke about session design whether it be tech, so whether it be more holistic stuff understanding kids what are some of the things they- yeah look I think there's a ton of different directions that that this can go I'm big and self-aware enough to understand that I'm probably not the easiest coach to have or man- boss manager to have because of the cognitive challenge that I place upon people um, so some of what I've discussed and some of what underpins our club's approach to coaching and, and delivery um, is obviously influenced by my, my personal values um, but that has come through you know at this point 16 years of intentional education blending the academic world with the practical world, blending an exposure to a variety of environments, many of which I've been incredibly fortunate to be, to be part of. Um, but, but why we do what we do and how we do what we do and understanding the reasons behind it is critical. I hear people, cloud opinion is fact, right? That's, that's a challenge here. Or I'm going to do something that, that I was exposed to without really understanding whether there is better ways, um, more efficient ways, more effective ways. You know, it takes time. I said you pick your difficult. It takes time to go and learn about how people learn. I believe as soccer coaches, we should do that. It's our inherent obligation. A doctor wouldn't operate without learning surgical procedure. A physicist wouldn't operate without understanding how chemicals react and work together. A lawyer wouldn't, un- wouldn't operate without passing the bar. Why should soccer coaches operate without an inherent understanding of how people learn and acquire skill? So for me, that's a progression in our profession where now the levels of expectation are increasing. So perhaps there are people who ventured into this industry when those, those same expectations weren't in place and now you're being asked to upskill and, and get better and it's hard and it's difficult and it's, you know, it's challenging. Um, so I think that struggle is real, especially when you're juggling the need to do that with all of the responsibilities that come, both as a, as a, in our instance, as a full-time coach, but as a, 
you know, as a husband, a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, you know, making sure that there's balance there. Um, I think understanding that the youth of today, as I said earlier, are living a very different life to what we did. Maybe are more curious, maybe ask, they, they ask why an awful lot more. So we, again, so we have to be prepared to provide that explanation. I think they have seen what good looks like way more than, again, a generation ago. With, with I don't want to be disrespectful to those that, that came before us, but I do think the general level of, um, of delivery is increasing. So I think, I think the challenge on the staff is to make sure that when good is more commonly around you, you're continuing to push the narrative and, and, and raise the bar. Um, and, and that's tough. I think in organizations like mine and like many others across the country, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have some really, really high quality individuals that at some point or another have probably worked with players and families that other coaches are now working with. So there's an inherent challenge there to maintain standards. That's tough. So there's a lot, there's a lot of it you know, changing behavior, learning new ideas, modifying, you know, personal behaviors to continue to move forward. Um, I think it's, it's some of the things that often aren't talked about enough. Um, navigating the complexities of being responsible for dealing with people and the challenges and pressures that those, those young people and parents are on. The impact of COVID and college recruitment. Like there's so many layers in the U.S. of of stuff where we're expected to provide support. Um, and then my job then becomes trying to be aware of it and to provide opportunities for the staff to increase their knowledge because we all came because we love to coach, but coaching here, Steph, isn't just about planning a practice session and going out on the grass and delivering it. There's so much more that goes into it. And getting to a place where we're understanding of that and able to deal with that is, is key. Right. We are going to have to wrap up, so I have three questions oh, for you no. asked everyone. They're really not bad. They're not, why don't you support Newcastle? Okay, all right, that's a different one. That was, yeah, yeah. Um, first one is, brand new coach, going to deliver their first session on pitch tomorrow. Ooh. What advice would you be giving them? Um, be the coach that you wish you had. Second one, coach really pushed for time, wants to deliver the best for their players, doesn't know where to look, how to carve out time, what should they be doing? Playing a game. Start with the game, if nothing else, again, at, yeah, play a game. Final one, coach that is stuck in a rut, feels like they're doing the same things, just not having any impact on their players, starting to feel like they don't really enjoy the game anymore what should they do never lose sight of the impact and influence you have over people I think I'm going to extend upon this one because I think it's really important we never get to pick and choose the moments that our players or parents remember a dear friend has a book called Every Moment Matters and it's, it's really powerful with you know never being wasteful with words and I think you know, the, the quote of, you know, a coach can impact more people in one year than the average person does in a lifetime. 
we can't ever lose sight of that. So when if somebody feels like they're they're not having an impact, I I promise you that they are. Um, I promise you that you're probably the the best part of somebody's day. And even if your session doesn't go as you hoped it would, you know, if if your experience or if if your environment is one where the player's experience is, is full of enjoyment and they're getting to play and be with their friends, you're a catalyst for that. Never doubt the impact and importance that you can have on on those players' lives. Um, and then understand that there's lots of people. And I think the beauty of our profession is that you're probably not going through something that nobody else that's that somebody else hasn't. And one of the things I'm most proud of is the is the support system that seems to be there and the willingness for people to help. So be vulnerable reach out and ask and know that there's going to be lots of people that lean into you to make it better. It's a great note to add on. Thank you, Tom, for joining us. You're very welcome, Steph. Thanks for having me. That was the voice of Tom Shields. Thanks to Tom for joining us. And thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. For more from us, join us again next time or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews and much more. I'm Steph Fairbairn. See you again soon.